Let's, let's get to work. Hallelujah. Matthew 13. Since y'all been standing a long time, I'm going to give you a break. Let's just read verse 23. Matthew 13, verse 23. I know y'all put on your high heels and all that kind of stuff. Your toes just be screaming. Calves, toes, everything screaming. I see you, Sister Vanessa. You're like, show sure up. <laughs> there you go. See, you did right today. All right, are you there in Matthew 13, 23? Okay, let's read that together. Ready to read. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. Amen, amen, and amen. Today I want to talk on, uh, again, the subject, well, this is the subject, how to get the most out of God's word, how to get the most out of God's word, all right? Thank you, Father, for the word we're about to receive. Thank you for the word we'll receive all this week. Thank you that this will be a life-changing week of victory, that our faith will increase to a level that we will never suffer defeat any time in any area of our lives ever again. We will live lives of total victory. Now, speak to us, give us clear thinking, clear speech, clear reception for the word of God today. And God, confirm the word, the realities of the word in our lives throughout this week, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, take your seats. All right, again, Matthew 13 and verse 23 says, But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and what? understands it, very good, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. All right, how to get the most out of the word of God. Now, if you've been with us the last few weeks here, uh, we were talking about this mouth and so forth. I'm not talking about that, but one of the scriptures that we hit was in Jeremiah chapter one. I want us to, media, help me out, y'all. I'm gonna try to move very quickly because of the time, Okay through these scriptures. I just need, need y'all to find them for me. I'll take my time talking about them, but I just need y'all to hurry up and find them. You got it? So Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 11 and 12 uh, is a scripture we're going to start out in, where you remember this, uh, moreover the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Now remember the branch of an almond tree I taught you represents uh, something that's budding, something that's ready, and it's active. So that's where we get verse 12 from when it said, a verse, yeah, verse 12 says, And the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. So that branch of an almond tree meant that it was ready to be partaken of. God says that the word I've given you, I'm ready to perform it. All right? So God is always looking to perform a word. You got it? So a word is first given by God, and then that word is performed. So uh, God's word is never meant to be shelved. You, follow, you know what I mean by that? In other words, God doesn't mean for us to hear. Now listen to me very carefully. This is, this is important, not just for this week, but even today. What I'm teaching you will help you your whole life. Okay? Uh, so when you hear the word of God, he doesn't want us to take the word of God, sit it on a shelf somewhere. Even people, you know, sit in church and take little fancy notes and they have little, make little drawings, little color and everything. That doesn't do you any good if it just sits on a shelf somewhere. 
Or if you listen to the word 12 times, but you don't actually do it, it doesn't produce anything in your life. So we're trying to get to that Matthew 13, 23. Right? That good ground that hears and understands and bears fruit and produces. And we're trying to get, I'm a teacher here, the hundredfold on the word of God. All right? This is so critical. This is so critical for this week. We're going to be blessed this week. We're going to hear revelation this week. We're going to hear uh, things from God this week that are going to bless us. There will be signs, wonders, and miracles. I want you to come expecting this week. Uh, but you got to be prepared to receive properly. You got it? All right. So uh, God doesn't mean for us to put the word, the word on a shelf. Okay? Uh, many times, in, in much of the body of Christ, the word of God is like artwork. It's beautiful. Preacher will preach a beautiful three-point in a poem sermon. Wasn't that eloquently put, put out there, you know? And the word of God is, is beautiful, but nobody lives it. Or gets the results that it talks about. So what happens, stories about the woman with issue of blood being healed, it's a story. But to us, we don't, we don't believe in that. I'm, I'm not talking about us, I'm talking about the body of Christ in general. You know, the story of, of Lazarus being raised from the dead, that's wonderful. Look what he did, but it's on the shelf in reality. As if God is different in 2019 than he was when Jesus walked the face of this planet. He's the same God. Uh, Hebrews 13.8 says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he doesn't change. Got it? All right. So um, God's word is beautiful, but it's not artwork. It's not just meant to be beheld. It's meant to be uh, uh, um, uh, experienced, to, to be lived out. You got it? And so I want to help us move from artwork to us being the artwork. That the word is not just there for us to see, but for us to experience. And then people, the Bible says you and I are living epistles. You understand that? You and I are living epistles. We're, we're written, we're for, for all men to see. Men are reading us. They're reading us. So people around you in your neighborhood, your family, they're not going to read the Bible. They're going to read you before they read the Bible. All right? And so we got to make sure that we're living out. Get Hebrews 4.12 on the screen, please. Hebrews 4.12. Hallelujah. All right. Now, I know, I know, uh, uh, y'all just adjusting my sound, but I, I can't hear myself as well. So y'all help me out. Help me out. Hebrews 4.12. What's wrong? Oh, I thought you were trying to give me a message. My, it's, it's just stuff goes on up here. You learning that, right? Hebrews 4.12. Now watch, for the word of God, read it with me, is living, say it again, for the word of God is what? So notice the word of God is not artwork, it's not a monument, it's not some statue, it's not something that's sedentary, it's not something that's just supposed to be some, it's not a dead, uh, not dead literature. And many people, even who come to church, uh, 
in, in the reality of how they live, put the Bible in the same category as Socrates and, 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 and uh, some of the uh, myth, myth Greek, the, the Greek myth, mythological writings and stuff like that. It's, it's something that's old past, and, but it's not real. But in reality, the Bible, it says it's living and powerful. How many of y'all have your Bible with you? Put it in your hand. Hold it up. Look at it. It's, I mean, I can hit it, and it doesn't move, but it's living and powerful. I can, I can, I mean, I can manipulate, I mean, do all that kind of stuff. It doesn't change it here, but it's living and powerful. Everybody says living. It's living. The word is alive. I know, I know it's alive. It's as, it's as true and relevant today as it was when it was first written. It's more current than tomorrow's newspaper. It's living. And if you and I eat it, it'll produce something in our lives. It says it's living and it's powerful. Everybody say it's powerful. This word you have in your lap is powerful. And when you hear the word of God preached, it's living and powerful. At least it should be. You know, you can hear preach word that's not living. <laughs> you can hear preach word that's not powerful. But when you get around preaching that's, that's spirit uh, inspired, it is always living and powerful. Do me a favor, please, media, switch to the Amplified Bible on this verse, please. Amplified, Hebrews 12, uh, 4, 12, Amplified. Glory to God. It says, for the word that God speaks, the word that God speaks, is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing and effective. So I want to harp on two words there, energizing and effective. So the word of God will in, is meant to energize you. What does energize mean? It's give you power. You know, if you're a child, you hate it when at Christmas time, people bought you toys at Christmas time and forgot batteries. Now, you kids today, y'all don't know this. Y'all don't, don't have any clue. Because today, Wal uh, Walgreens is open on Christmas. But it used to be Walgreens wasn't open on Christmas. You had to sit there and look at your toy. All day long. All night long. To the next day when Walgreens or somebody else will open up so you can finally get some batteries. Because somebody forgot to give the batteries because without the batteries your toy as beautiful and as fun as it was supposed to be had no energy thank God for Walgreens today I've had to make a few Walgreens ones on Christmas morning praise the Lord so the word of God is so in other words without the word of God in your life you are not energized you are going about, but you have no energy. You don't have any spiritual energy. Has y'all have felt like that? When you've, you've missed the word of God, hadn't spent time in the word, hadn't spent time hearing the word of God, and you just felt spiritually drained? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Okay, because the word of God is where you get your energy from. And it's energized by the Holy Ghost. You got it? But look at this also. It says it's energized uh, and effective. Everybody say effective. Now that, that word effective... Uh, literally means, I got this right out of the dictionary, uh, means successful in producing a desired result. So the word of God is successful in producing a desired result. Now that's important. Okay? 
So there's a desired result when the word of God comes. Got it? All right. So the word of God is the most powerful document in the universe. It's more powerful than the Constitution. It's more powerful than your doctor's note. You know, that's a document. It's more powerful than your credit report. That's a document. It's more powerful than your bank account statement. <laughs> Y'all ain't saying what? It's more powerful than that. It's more, more, more powerful than, than a divorce decree. The word of God can overturn, overrule anything. I just want to make sure you understand, first of all, this morning, how important the word of God is to us. Because, see, what happens in the church, the, the one of the problems is there's so much, if you allow this, word out there. Now, I'm doing this because it really ain't a lot of word out there. There are a lot of talkers out there, a lot of preachers out there, but there's not really a lot of word out there. But because in people's minds, there's so much word out there, uh, they kinda, you kinda, people take the word of God for granted and assume it's going to always be there. You know how you do when you get married? Before you got married, you did your makeup? Before you got married, you would do your hair? I'm meddling now, Anna D. Before you got married, <laughs> before you got married, you kind of watch what you ate. Trying to hold it. Before you, trying to hold it in. You understand? Before you got married, you kind of did all these little things. After you get you get married, though, you kind of. Just let it go. But you can get it back, Devin. You can get it back, Devin. Devin, get in the back. Devin said, I'm bringing sexy back. So what happens because the word, there's so much perceived word out there, people will take the word of God for granted. I don't need to go. I don't need to listen. I don't need to hear it. It's always there. I can go on YouTube. I can go on Facebook. I can get it. But that's not reality. The Bible says the days will come. The word of the Lord will be precious. And that day is here. The, word, the true word of the Lord is actually precious. Which means it's rare to find word like this. So you got to take advantage of it when you can get it. You got it? All right. Because it's powerful. Jeremiah 23 and verse 39. I want you to see this because the word of God, remember we just read, it's energizing and it's effective. It's effective. How effective is the word? Watch this in Jeremiah 23, verse 29. They got on the screen Jeremiah 23 and verse 29. Is not my word like a fire? Y'all listening to me? Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? Who's talking here? It's the Lord. It says, says, says the Lord. Just say the Lord. Says the Lord. So God is talking. This is the easy one right here. So God is saying, is not my word like a fire? Now, if you read the verse above that 28, you read the verse that talks about the wheat and the, and the chaff are not the same. The wheat and the chaff are not the same. He's, you go, in fact, a few verses above that, and after that, he's talking about all the prophets out there who prophesying wrong. 
You read that whole chapter. It's about the prophets who they prophesy and lies. They talk, they having dreams, talking about the Lord showed me a dream. That wasn't the Lord. That was your pizza you had. That was the bad, the bad TV show you were watching. That wasn't the Lord. That's that gospel you heard. You, I got a word from God. No, you was on YouTube and you heard somebody, you know what I'm saying? That wasn't that. I'm talking about when there's, there's very few true prophetic voices in the earth relative to how many people are out here. You understand what I'm saying to you? So God's saying, I know how to make a difference. He says, again, in verse 28, the chaff and the wheat are not the same. The straw and the wheat, it might say in some translations, are not the same. So fire comes, it'll burn up that, that chaff, that straw, and leave the wheat. God says, when my real word comes, you'll know who is really speaking for me and who's not speaking for me. Because when my word comes, my word is going to come to pass. My word actually has power. My word is actually energizing and effective in your life. Praise God. I'm praying that if you've been with this ministry for more than three weeks, you've begun to see some evidence and fruit from the word of God. If you haven't, I'm going to show you how to do it from now on. You got it? So then he says, now watch this. If you have a hard problem in your life, if you have a difficult situation in your life, go back to verse 29. If you have a hard circumstance, something you've not been overcome, been able to overcome, rocks that have formed over time in your life, stones that have been rolled in your way. He says, is not my word, here it is, like a hammer? So he says, my word is so effective, D, that my word is like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. So it doesn't matter, Tamara, how difficult the thing is in your life. That means if the word of God can destroy a rock, it can show enough to destroy a tumor. Pastor, I don't know. I got gallstones. I got kidney stones. It'll break, the word of God will break up stones. Y'all ain't saying much to me. The word of God will break up stones and rocks and all kind of stuff. The word of God is strong enough. Pastor, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. You don't understand. The word of God will break the rock in pieces. But you have to find out how to get the most out of the word for it to work in your life. I'm telling you this from now many years of experience and growth and development. I, I didn't know these things I'm telling you here many years ago. Even when I was pastor, and thank God for people who used to let me practice on them back in their living room. And <laughs> when I was practicing preaching, praise the Lord. I'm still practicing to a degree, but I have some experience behind me now. I have a little bit of evidence, a little maturity now that I didn't have when we used just to be, we just trying something out back there in that day. Thank y'all so much. Thank you for sticking with me, Dick. So we've got a powerful word here today that'll do amazing things in our lives. All right? Now, so then this word is energizing and I'm going to try it again. This word is energizing and effective. So the word of God is not for entertainment. What I say? I know people want to go and be entertained. They want a preacher that's going to entertain them. Give me a two or three good jokes and make, make, maybe make me cry a little bit. That'll be great. I feel good. I go on the poor folks and go on home. But the word of God is not supposed to be entertaining. <laughs> the word of God is meant to bring light. 
Psalm 119, verse 130, I believe it is, says, the entrance of your word brings light and gives understanding to the simple. The entrance of your word brings light and gives understanding to the simple. So when you hear the word of God, I, I, I don't want you to ever come here, ever come here to be entertained. If you want to be entertained, there's all, there's all kind of stuff you can watch on TV. There's, I wouldn't do it, but there's all kind of stuff you can do to be entertained. I said I wouldn't do it because that's stupid added to your, to your stupid, so don't do that. I'm excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't keep adding stupid to your stupid. I already got enough stupid inside me. I'm trying to get all the stupid out. So I don't need to add stupid from the world to, to my own stupid I got. What did he just say? Okay, all right. All right, media, get Isaiah 55, verse 8 through 11, please. I'm going to hurry. Glory to God. I messed around and said, poor folks, and some of y'all got quickened. Oh, Y'all don't already start shutting your Bible down. <laughs> How many of y'all enjoy the word? You enjoy the word. I don't just mean enjoy me preach. I'm talking about you enjoy the word. I hope you enjoy hearing me preach. I hope that's at least why you come from time to time. <laughs> Praise God. But I have news for you. The word of God is not just for our enjoyment. Catch this. This is Jesse Jackson and me. It's for your employment. <laughs> Some of y'all don't even know about Jesse Jackson. It's not just for, say it, it's not just for my enjoyment. The word is for my employment. What do you mean, Pastor? The word is to get me a job? No. It's for you to employ the word. The word employ means to make use of, to put it to use. So the word of God is not meant for you to sit here and enjoy. <laughs> Wasn't that a good message? Oh, that was so funny. No. It's to take that word and now put it to use so that God gets the desired result out of your life. Y'all got Isaiah 55, verse 8? I'm going to go through verse 11. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Now, who's talking here? Was it? But why do y'all struggle with that? It says it right in the verse, says the Lord. For my thoughts are not, y'all, wake up, everybody, wake up. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. He's talking here. All right, let's keep going here. Verse 9, verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Verse 10. Well, oh, 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 oh. Now before I go to uh, verse 10, verse 8 and 9 said his ways and thoughts are above our ways and our thoughts. Now don't, don't leave it there, because that's not, that's not where he wants you to go. Uh, stay, I think verse 6 or 7 says, uh, for you to forsake your ways and forsake your thoughts. So he's not telling you, I think on this level, y'all dummies stuck thinking on that level. My way is this level. You fools are stuck living like that. No, he said, leave your ways, leave your thoughts, come up to my ways and my thoughts that are higher than yours. So you and I are supposed to come up higher. And the only way we're going to do that is by this word. Can I take my time? 
I feel like I'm rushing. I just want to take my time. Poor folks don't close to about eight and nine, something like that. So, again, thank you very much, media. She, she put up there, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Got it? Okay, go to verse 10. Go to verse 10. For as the rain does what? And the snow from heaven and what? Do not return there. Now that, that'll challenge every scientist in the room. Every scientist who believes in the water cycle ought to get challenged on that scripture right there. Because it says here the rain comes down and snow from heaven and do not return there. But the, the science, they, they taught me about the water cycle. The water comes down, and then it, the precipitation comes down. It fills the earth. All of a sudden, condensation, everything, everything goes back up to the, and that's how we get clouds. That's not true. That's not what God said. The Bible says that God has a storehouse in heaven of rain. Because if, if it was just a water cycle, any time, any place there was rain, there'd always be rain. Ask people in Southern California, is there always rain? It never rains there. Something wrong with that. They tell me. So, so they do not return there. But do what? Water the earth. Now this is important. I need you to really listen to this now. Catch this here. They water the earth. The rain waters the earth. Now, we know natural earth, but I want you to see yourself as earth, your heart, and make it, the earth, or your heart, bring forth and bud, that it may give what? Seed. To the sower, and what? Verse 11, verse 11, verse 11, verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So when God sends you the word, Dwight, every Sunday, every Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and next Sunday, he's sending that word, and there's something that he pleases, and there's something for which he sent it. Even you hear me today. Well, I ain't been preaching on anything deep. Yeah, but even the word today, there's a, something that God pleases and a reason why he sent this word. And every time anybody stands there, I don't care if it's me or Pastor Kim, Elder Baker, Elder Cheryl, Elder anybody, I don't care who you're talking about, anybody who stands up here preaching, there's a reason why God sent, I don't care if it, your children are all over in Eagles, that's in Eagles Landing. Stand out you. When they get home, you ought to ask them how to go tonight. What'd you learn? What'd you find out? Because there's a purpose behind that word. I personally know how much time Pastor Kim spends putting these lessons together for all the kids over there. As a parent, you ought to at least be enough concerned, concerned enough to even ask them, hey, how'd it go? What'd you learn? So you know what fruit you ought to be expecting to see out of their lives. Because he said it will not return void. So when God sends your word about healing, there's power in that word to heal. And if you and I will get the maximum out of that word, you will walk out healed. If God sends a word on wealth and prosperity, there's enough power in that word to produce prosperity if you and I get the maximum out of that word. Got it? All right. Let's keep going. Give me verse 11, please in the Passion Translation, and then, and then we'll jump into this. I'm going to give you some points. 
Verse 11 in the Passion Translation. We have Passion Translation, don't we? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. We don't have the new. All right, somebody get in your little doodad. Y'all got all, we got enough iPads and <laughs> Galaxies and uh, what's all the other phones? Motorola's and <laughs> OnePlus's, Nextel's. What y'all got in here? Y'all got a Prime Coals. Anybody got a Prime Coals still? Anybody got you still have a Prime Coal? Oh, I was going to say. Dude, I was going to receive an offer for you right now. You got it? <laughs> okay, so remember the Passion Translation is all New Testament. They've added, uh, they have Psalms, Proverbs, and, and they've now, oh, they went and got it for me. Okay. Praise God. So also will be the word, A, that I speak. <laughs> now that, when you click on those on your little doodad, it'll take you somewhere else and show you. So, so also will be the word that I speak. It does not return to me unfulfilled. That's what I wanted you to see. Unfulfilled. Unfulfilled. So God's word has power in it to be fulfilled. It will not return. No, okay. It will be like if, if uh, Miss Hattie you had a, a, a servant, and when I say servant, I mean like an employee, okay, you run a business, and you send your servant out, or your employee, excuse me, out on an errand. Now they can't come back until they've done exactly what you, right? So when God says my word will not return to me unfulfilled, that means that word cannot come back to him until it's done, completed, accomplished everything it was supposed to do. So there's some lingering word God has out here. Y'all didn't say anything. I'm going to talk to you, Anita. God has some lingering word out here that has not been fulfilled yet. It, I said it has not been fulfilled yet, but the problem is too many times we have let it go. We took that word as awesome and entertaining and as enjoyable as it was and set it on a shelf. And we're wondering, God, when you going to do it? I sent you the word. It's got the power, but you got to take that word back off the shelf and get it back into your heart and start working that word again. Y'all hear me? I'm going to say this, and I don't want you to get mad. You're looking at a, at a, at a, at a, at a, at a feller um, who's been doing what I'm talking about. So when I'm telling you this, I'm not telling you this um, by faith. I'm telling you this by experience. So it's worth it to really just listen and hone in, you know, so you can do this. So I'm, I'm about to give you three, three keys to receiving. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you three keys to getting the most out of the word of God. Now the first one I'm going to give you here in a minute, but it's going to hit you hard because some of y'all are already not doing what the first one is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm just telling you ahead of time, don't think I'm about to hit you like I'm trying to hit you. It's just you're already doing or not doing 
what I'm about to tell you has to be done for this to happen. So I'm just telling you, I'm just giving you a heads up. I'm about to go upside your head. Because I want, we're going to go get the most out of the word of God. And we're going to help you go from revelation to reality. Write that down. I must go from revelation to reality. God doesn't want us sitting here getting fat on revelation. He needs us to go from revelation to reality. In fact, the truth is, I've told you this before, that when I preach to you, I'm preaching revelation. But my revelation is not revelation to you. My revelation is information to you. My revelation is information to you until you spend, do what I'm going to teach you to do. I ain't going to tell you ahead of time. Until you do what I'm going to tell you to do, then it becomes revelation to you. But even revelation is not God's purpose. His intent is for it to become a reality in your life. So if he's been sending me preaching about you uh, being debt-free, living in abundance, paying the gospel, that's God's intent that you would become at some point a reality in your life, debt-free, living in abundance, pay master of the gospel. Now, if you're comfortable with debt, I'm not bothering you. That doesn't, doesn't make any difference. I'm going to love you anyway, man. I don't, I don't, I'm going to love you anyway. That's fine. I'm just telling you where, where ultimately, and I don't mean debt-free renting nothing. I ain't talking about that. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about debt free and you own everything you got. Your houses. Your lands. Your cars. Your buildings. Your businesses. You own it all. You understand that? Marriage strong. Ain't no strife in your marriage. Ain't no fighting and arguing. You know, arguing. None of that going on in your life. You know, nobody has time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that, man. Life's, life's too short relative to eternity to be arguing. <laughs> Fussing and fighting over, the, over, over, over spilled milk. Living long and living strong. I was, I was telling my wife this morning, my prayer time earlier this morning, I was reading and meditating about long life. And, um, and uh, I went back to our example, Abraham. Because, you know, we talk up in the, in the regular church, we talk about 70 years and if you're strong, 80 years. Which is not what God said. They use that from Psalm 90 when Moses talked about 70 years and if by strength, 80 years. But Moses was talking about out in the wilderness. Your life expectancy is not 70 or 80 years. So we have been standing on 120 years. Genesis 6, 3, about 120 years. But, you know, I showed you a few uh, months ago about uh, Abraham, who is the father of our faith, living 175 years. Did I lose anybody? How long? 175 years. And the Bible says you and I have the blessing of Abraham, not of Moses. The blessing of Abraham. But most people say, I want to be 175, man, and I can't hardly see, I can't get around, I'm decrepit, and 
you know, so I was reading this morning, I went back and read about Abraham uh, back in Genesis about 25, where Abraham remarried, you know, Sarah passed away, and he married this uh, African girl named Keturah. She was, she was an African girl, she was a sister. You don't, you don't know no white people named Keturah, let's just be honest. That name don't even travel. You know, that ain't no good. So it's Keturah, but we know she was African though. He wasn't opposed to that. He had already been with Hagar. Once you go black, you know, you can't. So when Sarah left, he just went, stayed on with the. So anyway, 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 anyway. So he's with Keturah. And so when, when, when he gets with Keturah, they get married. And they get married. And uh, he has uh, several more sons. Several more. And now, when, when Sarah died, Sarah died at 127 which meant Abraham was 137, 10 years difference. So when he got married, he was at least 137. And then I went and found out, when you read Genesis 26, you see uh, Genesis 25, rather, whatever it was, 26, where, yeah, it's 26, I think it is, where, where Isaac uh, got married at the age of 40. So when Abraham got remarried, Isaac was already married. So I saw, wait a minute, so Abraham had to be at least 140 when he got remarried and had more children. So that said to me, not that I want to have more children, but at least I'll be able if I want them. I ain't gonna be sitting around. <laughs> what happened? Stepping on notes. Houses and riches are an inheritance from Father God. Proverbs 19, verse 14. Those are the promises. I'm going to write down promises and throw them in my Bible just for me. No, it's on the back. Amen. Proverbs 19, 14 says, House riches are from uh, fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. I have both. <laughs> All right, let's get back on task. My point was, whatever I'm preaching, God wants it to not just be a revelation, but a reality. I needed it to be a reality in my life. I was too broke to not make wealth a reality in my life. I was battling too much, too many things internally. My physical body did not make healing a reality in my life. You understand? I'd already been through a divorce one time to not make a good marriage a reality in my life. Y'all got nervous when I said that. I ain't, I ain't going through that anymore. I know too much now. Got it? Somebody said me either. All right, so I want to give you three keys to maximizing the word or getting the most out of the word. Now, this, these three keys I'm going to give you, they make some assumptions. One, it assumes that you already recognize, honor, and trust the speaker. Okay? So I assume that you already recognize, honor, and trust me to speak into your life. 
I got a few yeses. Yes, this week we have a speaker coming from Frankfort, Kentucky. My hope is you already <laughs> recognize, honor, and trust him to speak into your life. See, if you don't, if you still have questions about why well, I don't trust that man or I don't trust so-and-so or whatever, I don't, you know, I think he's trying to get something from me. If that, that's the case, you're not going to get anything. You might as well stay home. And most of y'all do. And the reason you do is because you don't yet honor or recognize who God is bringing before you. And so you stay home. I got to work tomorrow. This man trying to preach you out of work. You, you going to sleep so you can go and go work a job you don't even like. He's trying to preach you out of work. But the problem is, if you if you looking at uh, color of somebody's skin, then you're gonna miss what God's bringing to you. If you don't, if you still don't trust me, that's an old preacher like you know, First of all, I ain't no preacher like all the other preachers. But if you don't yet trust me, then you're not gonna hear what I can. I can say the laugh, the most funny things in your life, and it's not gonna have any. It's not gonna do nothing in your life. I can be preaching your very answer you need, and you're gonna miss it because you don't honor, trust, and recognize who's in front of you. So this, this assumes that. Second thing, second thing is it already assumes that you've already prepared your ground to receive. But I'm going to teach you, already assumes you've prepared your ground. What do you mean prepared your ground? Well, you know, your heart is ground. Anybody's ever worked on a farm? No, no farmers in here, right? None of y'all. Okay. So you worked on a farm a little bit? I remember one time I went and worked on a farm in Caraville, Florida. You know what Caraville, Florida is? <sighs> one summer, my parents sent me up there. I don't know what I did. Well, me and my brother and I both sent, sent us both up there. I don't know if that was punishment or like, a, like summer camp. I don't know what that was. But they sent us to Caraville. You know about Caraville? Caraville, Florida, and, uh, and uh, we had worked on a farm up there for the summertime. That was the worst thing, except for you got to eat fresh stuff. Now, that was good. I didn't want to see the process of raining no chicken, but it was, you know, praise the Lord. But you have to, you have to in farming, you have to get the ground ready for what you're going to put in the ground. So you have to get your ground ready. For the word of God. That's why if you're going to come here on Sunday morning and receive, you can't stay up all night watching Saturday Night Live like we used to. Back in the Eddie Murphy days, Dan Aykroyd days, we used to stay up all night watching Eddie Murphy. Looking for nub in all the wrong places. Looking for nub. All the old but we Church lady. Gonna get in the water. <coughs> you know, we used to do that all night, man. Come to church, you ain't, you ain't hearing nothing. I don't hear nothing the pastor saying. So you got you got to prepare your ground. You got to spend time consecrating yourself. Spend time uh, in pray. That's why praise and worship is before the message. Preparing your ground, getting you ready to receive the word of God, softening you up. So you ain't so hard and mad at the world. You can come in and receive the word of God. So praise the worship. Uh, other thing is, you got to make sure you're a tither. Yes, there he is. Yes, because when you tithe, according to Malachi 3, the windows of heaven are now open over you. So you can receive revelation from God. That's why when I, as much as I wanted to, I was going to do the offering later. I said, no, I better do it now because I need your hearts prepared to receive the word of God. 
Your tithe, literally, you make a spiritual transaction, it opens the heavens over your life to receive. You throw this one in, this is a good one here. You also need your prepared ground so you can receive. Make sure you've dealt with all your strife. Now, I know y'all ain't going to say nothing. The married couples ain't going to say nothing. But you know when you've been coming to church, on your way to church, and y'all been fussing in the car on the whole ride to church. See how quiet they are? I told you they weren't going to say nothing. I told you they weren't going to say a word. They weren't going to say a word. Y'all been fussing in the car on the way to work, on the way to church, I mean, going at it. Walk in, good morning. This day the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad of it. Now you've been fussing and fighting. Hi, welcome, good to see you, praise the Lord. But you've been fussing. Now, you're saying praise the Lord, but in the back of your mind, I can't wait until I get back in this car. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. Because I'm not going to forget what you said. I remember the last thing you said we got this car. I remember. And it's ladies remember. They remember. Gershom, I told you, ladies, they, the wives remember. They remember the last thing you said. And, and, and so when you think it's over, it ain't over. They just hit pause. Pause. And you get back home, it can be taking clothes off the church. And another thing. What? Another thing. Ah, goodness. I thought it was over and I found out it wasn't over. It was just halftime. Praise the Lord. Marching band came out and. You never want to hear, we need to talk. So. Now listen, what happens is now some of y'all look at me like, I ain't married, I don't know. You been fussing with your kids. You don't punch one of them in the chest, bam! Yeah, you head, headlocking them, just. When I get, when we get back home, Come on, you know what it is? They, they get to the car and what are you wearing? And you're already running late? I'll kill you. I'll kill you. Now, strife. Or wherever the source of the strife may be. You may have strife with somebody here in the church and you see them. Go down a different aisle, go down a different road, all that kind of stuff. 
See, and if you don't deal with it as much as you may want to be, listen to the word of God in the back of your mind. I've seen women roll their Hey, you know the worst thing, these women roll their eyes with these big old eyelashes? Strong wind come, buddy. We saw a girl the other night at the football game the other night. That girl eyelashes was like out past her nose. It was like, God. You remember All right. Okay, go back to Matthew 13, 23. Let's, let's jump into this and we'll give you to this. I'm going to go right through these. I got to hurry up because I'm off this week. Well, no, I'm coming to receive this like y'all. Everything I'm teaching you, I'm going to be doing this week. This is what I've been doing the last 10, 15 years. I've been doing this. This, this is why, this is, I'm telling you, this is why we are where we are right now. It's not magic. And for, I know my here are spiritual people, and it's not a miracle. It's a system that God created. If you, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. It's very predictable. So Matthew 13. Now, y'all know this parable, the parable of the, of the four grounds? Now, he talks about it at the beginning of Matthew 13, these four grounds. He says the soil went out to sow, right? And so that's what I'm doing today. I'm sowing the word. When the Apostle Derber comes here this week, he's going to be sowing the word. Every time we stand before you, anybody stand before you, they're coming to sow the word of God into your heart. Okay? So then, then when Jesus goes to explain, he explains four types of ground. The wayside ground. Those who hear the word, they don't understand. It just, it just goes away right away. Then he talks about the uh, thorny ground. Is that what it is? Yeah. And then, you know, the word comes. They get things choked the word out. Then the stony ground, it comes up and doesn't produce anything. No roots and everything. Then he deals with, with the good ground. So in, the, in this parable, we see six types of people. Six types. Wayside. Stony. Thorny. Thirtyfold. Sixtyfold. Hundredfold. Right, because in the good grounds, he said some 30, some 60, some 100. So that's six different types of people. Not just, it's four grounds, but six outcomes. Well, the one I'm going after is that top one, good ground with a hundredfold. So I'm not just better, but I'm totally healed. My marriage isn't just better, but it's made in heaven. I don't just get a raise, but I, I get an inheritance. You know what I'm saying? Hundredfold. All right, here we go. Ready? Number one, number one key. Be attentive. I see I warned y'all earlier. Be attentive. Because the commonality between all six people was they heard. They all heard. The Bible didn't say that any of them didn't hear. They all heard. You read the parable. I don't have time to read it. Y'all read it for yourself. They all heard. So you have to be attentive. Luke 8 verse 18 says, therefore take heed how you hear. 
If they give me, give me that Luke 8.18 in the contemporary English version, CEV, please. So you got to be attentive. Take heed how you hear. And I'm going to just tell you something. That Part of that is your posture, your physical posture. If you're sitting here, and no, I'm not, I'm not going to look at anybody. If you're sitting here and you slump, you slouch, you are not attentive. It is impossible to be attentive and slump or slouch. Your body posture sets your brain into a motion of, I'm, I'm, about, to, I'm about to leave, I'm about to, I'm about to. Whether it's in church or in a classroom in school. So teachers who have used, you see children in your classrooms and they are slumped or they are slouched, they are about to check out. Pay attention to how you listen. Pay attention to how you listen. So many times you'll see me when a speaker comes in and I'll be sitting on the edge of my seat. I won't even sit back. I'll sit back sometimes if I'm pondering a point. But most times you'll see me, I'll move right back to the edge of my seat. Why? Because I'm trying to get in position. I'm tuning in. You know why? Because there are so many doggone distractions in here. Am I right about it? I'm going to just say it. Y'all may not want to like this. But anybody who's used to sitting up front, whoever by some reason gets stuck sitting in the back, they say, oh, my God, I can see you. Oh, my God, how y'all sit in the back? Because in the back, you see everything. You're like, are you literally eating a hot dog in church? No, I'm not picking on anybody in the back. I'm just telling you what... Are you are you clipping are you clipping your toenails? Cutting your are you biting your toe? You, did you literally bring a whole meal from Bernie's? To, are you sitting there eating macaroni and cheese and turkey? Are you really in in church? In the back you just see it. Am I right about it? You see everything. You see people texting, two people scrolling on Facebook like whole time. So it's, there's a lot of distractions. That's all I'm saying. And so it's very critical. Now I'm, I'm gonna help the adults. If you're sitting in a in a meeting at work, it's gotta be the same way. Your posture uh, plays a lot into how much attention you're paying. And if you have to shift your body, just adjust whatever to make sure, hey, body, stay alert. Take control of your body. Your body is not in control. Your body is subdued. Jesus said this. He said the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. One, that means the flesh doesn't have the ability in itself to do this. But but second, it means that when the spirit will override the flesh, the flesh will always become subject to the spirit. So by your spirit, man, tell your flesh, sit up, pay attention. I'm sleepy. I have been so sleepy in church many times, especially like when I'm like listening. I'm, I'm not the preacher. I'll be sleepy in church, and I will never doze off. Why? Because I've learned how to take authority over my body using my spirit man. Because I understand this word is too doggone valuable to let my body be in control. 
I'm going to sleep later. Proverbs 4, verse 20. Just write this down. They'll put it on the screen for, for us. I'm going to go through these quick. Proverbs 4, verse 20. Put it on the screen. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my saying. Notice he said incline. Incline is a matter of position. It's sit up. Pay attention. I notice myself when I'm talking to people, just in people in general. Many times I'll say, I'll do like this. I'll turn to make sure I hear them clearly. Now, I don't know if it's a, like a senior thing, like, you know, because not, I'm not old and I'm not losing my hearing. I hear just fine. It's just when I want to make sure I understand what you're saying, I'll turn to make sure that my ears capture what you're saying. Exactly right, Mom. It shows the person that you're, that's talking that you're actually listening and paying attention. You should try this in your next meeting, you sitting in at work. Yeah, it got quiet. <laughs> try listening. Try, try showing that you're listening. Try even like squinting, like. Just practice that. Just it'll take you a long ways. So notice again, this is basic, but I'm telling you, this is this will change how you begin to receive the word, and then how you begin to manifest the word in your life. Because I don't want just revelation; I want reality. So, give attention. Incline your ear. Incline. Sit up, and you're listening. He's saying. Get your ear right. Got it? Now, what's number one again? The attentive. Acts 20 and verse 7. Acts 20 and verse 7. I'm going to go through verse 12. Watch this. I want to show you what happens when you don't do what we just taught. Acts 7. Hallelujah. Acts 7. No. Did I, did I say right? Acts 20. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm like, I know that didn't sound right. Paul wasn't even on the scene in Acts 7. Acts 20 and verse 7. Y'all listening? All the teenagers listening? I had two. All the teenagers listening? Acts 20 verse 7. You better listen to this right here. Now on the first day of the week, that will be Sunday, when the disciples came together to break bread, they're going to have service, whatever, Paul, ready to depart on Monday, spoke to them and continued his message how long? Now, they started in the day, but he kept going to midnight. They probably stopped, got a little sandwich, some chicken wings or something like that, and said, let's keep on going, right? But he kept talking until midnight. Verse 8, there were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered together, and in a window, watch this, sat a certain teenager, a certain young man named Eutychus, who wasn't inclining his ear to his sayings who wasn't paying attention to how he was listening, who, as a result, was sinking. He didn't say he was asleep. It was, he, in other words, it's a gradual process. Y'all better hear me what I'm saying to you, man. See, if you don't, that's why I say I, got, I sit up. Because I know if I lean back and get comfortable and they keep it nice and chill in here, 
I ain't gonna lie, man. It, it don't even pay for me to go to no movies. The lights off, it's dark, and now the chairs are comfortable. That was, I just threw away $13 right there because I just got a good hour and 25 minute nap. But my kids had a good time. That's the only reason they had a good time. Wasn't that great, guys? Yes. Because <laughs> I'm slept. <laughs> but guess what happens in church? Sinking into a deep sleep. Then notice the next verse. He was overcome by sleep. Overcome. What does what is, what is it mean overcome? Wait a minute. Overcome, subdue. That means that sleep was trying to do something to him. Y'all didn't catch that. He was overcome by sleep. That means sleep was attacking him. And sometimes people sit right up in here and don't realize sleep is attacking you because sleep is an enemy to your progress. Sleep is an enemy to your reality. Sleep is an enemy to your manifestation. And you think I'm just sleepy. You're not just sleepy. Sleep is attacking you. And if you don't resist sleep, steadfast in the faith, sleep will overcome you. You got to see sleep as an enemy. Well, I'm just tired. You're not just tired. If we were at a football game for four hours, you wouldn't be just tired. Because at a football game, sleep is not attacking you. We gotta understand, we have an adversary, the devil, who goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And so one of the things he uses, sleep against the people of God. He brought sleep against Eutychus. Man, I, all my years I ain't never seen that like that, till the Holy Ghost just said that. Sleep was an enemy, Barbara. He, it says he was overcome by sleep. You understand overcome? Football today, all kind of games going on, there's a tackler trying to overcome somebody with the ball because the, they know if that person with the ball gets into that end zone they score so the devil is your adversary trying to overcome you who have the ball the word of God running this race with God and the enemy is trying to overcome you by sleep you're not just tired because that's right as soon as we give benediction oh, hey where are we going what are we going to do Matter of fact, you can be dozing off in here and soon I give it a dictionary, you'll be standing around for another two hours talking. Ty, you know what's going on? Blah, 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 blah. Two hours talking. Oh, you ain't sleeping now? Oh, no, I'm good. That's because the message over, sleep is now, now not attacking you anymore. Boy, that'll preach right there. So recognize when you come in here in this house or anywhere you go that there's an enemy called sleep who's going to try to come and attack you and make you miss the word. Because what happened is when sleep overcomes you, you're present, but you're really absent. All of a sudden people be yelling, hey, hallelujah, you say, hey, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Wake up, want to have a half conversation with me in the middle of the message now because you, you wake. Well, what? what? 
sleep, it has overcome you. Okay, now wait, 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 wait. Now watch, 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 watch. He's overcome by sleep, but Paul didn't say, oh, I'm going to cut it short because he's sleeping. And as Paul continued speaking, because somebody listening, somebody awake, somebody want this word, somebody want their life to change, somebody going to receive this word, so Paul kept preaching. And as what happened, the guy who was overcome by sleep fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. He died. That's a picture in the natural of a spiritual process. That's a picture in the natural of a spiritual process. That if you do not give attention to the word of God, before you know it, you will fall down spiritually as a dead man. Oh, pastor, keep reading, though, but because he raised them up. I understand that was a natural thing. I can't raise you up spiritually. I can raise you up naturally. If you, somebody here died today, I can raise you up naturally. I'm confident I can do that. I have no, no question doing that. But if you die spiritually, nothing I can do to raise you up. So the best way to avoid that, you got to get up and walk around a little bit, walk around, walk around. I see you sleep. I bind you, sleep devil, in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind you. You, you know how I know it happens? You could be at home and say, I'm going to read my Bible. Now, you've been reading Facebook. You've been watching YouTube. But the moment you pull your Bible out, here comes sleep. I see you about to get that word. I see you about to get that word. Here comes sleep. Am I right about it? The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Same verse for 15 minutes. Then finally say, forget it, man. I'm just going to sleep. All right. What was number one? All right. Number two, get understanding. Oh, man, I got to hurry up. Get understanding. Get, get Matthew 13, 23 back on the screen, Matthew 13, 23, because it said the one that's on the good is the good ground. He not only hears the word, Matthew 13, 23, but it says he understands it. Nobody else understood it. So the key then is to get understanding. And I have news for you. Most often the understanding doesn't come while you're sitting here. This is where you got to now do some work. Proverbs 4, verse 7 says this, in all you're getting, get understanding. In all you're getting, get understanding. Starts out by saying wisdom is a principal thing. All right? But it says in all you're getting, get understanding. Listen to this. You can write it down if you want to. What you don't understand, you won't apply. What you don't understand, you won't apply. Secondly, what you don't understand, you won't expect. What you don't understand, you won't apply. What you don't understand, you won't expect. And the reason people don't get fruit or harvest or manifestation out of the word of God, primarily is because they just don't understand it. Well, I went to church, I heard the pastor preach, I didn't understand it. Oh, so you done? 
I didn't understand. Well, you're not going to try to get some understanding? All these flight teams? Ten of them all around the city? We're not going to try to get no understanding? YouTube videos for days? SoundCloud for days? You're not going to try to get understanding? You're just going to leave it at the church like, well, I don't understand it, so don't worry about it. You're just going to spend another night with the frogs? Y'all know that story about Pharaoh? When he could have been delivered from the frogs, he said, just tomorrow. I mean, the frogs are taking over your life, man. You're not going to get rid of the frogs tonight. So what you don't understand, you will not apply. What you don't understand, you will not expect. So in all you're getting, you have to get an understanding. And understanding does not happen while you're sitting right here. So this is where the work comes. This is what happens between Sundays. Between Wednesdays. What you do now in your own time. That's where the real work comes. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 13 and 14. Put on the screen for me, please. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians 2, 13 and 14 says these, y'all just write the verse down. These things we also speak, this is me preaching, this is how all, all of us preach, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. So who's teaching right now? The Holy Spirit, Spirit comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Verse 14, please. But the natural man, your brain, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can, they, can he know them, because they are what? So the things we preach are spiritually discerned. Your natural brain, I don't care if you are rocket science, I don't care. Uh, my, my wife told me the other day I'm not a rocket scientist. She did. That's how I feel. I said, oh, oh my goodness. She said, I'm not a rocket scientist. That's all. I'm going to leave it at that. So I just got her back, mom. Every time she has to do something, I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm not a rocket scientist. That's... It'll take a rocket scientist to understand what you're saying. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me see if I can find your rocket science online. Hold on. But I don't care if you're part of the Mensa Society, a genius. Your genius will not understand the word of God. Oh, I can break down grammar. I can break down punctuation. This ain't about grammar and punctuation, baby. This is, his word is living and powerful. So I've got to spend time in the spirit to understand things of the spirit. I'm so glad. Look at y'all all awake now. Y'all all awake. Now, so I'm learning spiritual things, not natural things. Say that. Say, I'm learning spiritual things, not natural things. So that means my spirit must be fully engaged in this process. All right? Isaiah 11, uh, verse 1 and 2. Because here's what you're going to do. You're going to ask the Holy Ghost to give you understanding. Write that down. Ask the Holy Ghost to give me understanding. Ask the Holy Spirit to give me understanding. Isaiah 11, verse 1 and 2. Throw it up there, I'm going to read it for you. Listen to this as I read. Listen to this. You can even read, read along uh, with me. Isaiah 11 and verse 1 and 2. Glory to God. About their coming a root. All right. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. That's Jesse's roots, okay? Keep going, verse 2. Verse 2. 
The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. This is about Jesus Christ, but I want you to see this. The spirit shall rest upon him. This is the Holy Spirit. Notice he's called the spirit of wisdom and understanding. He's the spirit of counsel and might. He's the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So the Holy Ghost is the spirit of wisdom. So if you want to know what this means, whether you read it or it's preached to you, you have to ask the one who wrote it. He's the spirit of wisdom. So what I have to do? Ask the Holy Spirit to give me understanding. Got it? All right, Ephesians 1, verse 17 and 18. Ephesians 1, verse 17 and 18. I've got to pray for the spirit of wisdom or revelation. I've got to pray for the spirit of wisdom or revelation. Watch this, uh, Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. This is Paul's prayer for the Ephesian church, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you, watch this, the what? Spirit. Now, we just read it, spirit of wisdom, right? Of wisdom, revelation, in the knowledge of him, verse 18. This is good right here. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Have you ever had that aha moment? You're like, Pauline's like, oh my God. My God. That's, a, that's my God. It might be 12 years later, but Pauline go, my God. Like, Pauline, you just getting that? But it doesn't matter when, as long as. That means something has happened over, those, over that time that the spirit of wisdom has revealed something to you. And what we all need in the word is not just come here and enjoy the word or be entertained by it. We need to have a, oh my God, I got it. I got it. Praise the Lord. I understand. The lights come on. That's what it says. The, the, the eyes of your understanding in King James, New King James will, will have a little note by understanding. And it says heart. So the eyes of your heart be enlightened or be open. So for the lights to come on. I want the lights to come on in my life. So what this preaching is begins to make more sense to me. Got it? All right. Last one in this, 2 Peter 1, 19 in the CEV. 2 Peter 1, 19 in the CEV. Here's what happens when you meditate on the word of God. Everybody say meditate. Because this is the thing you got to do. You got to meditate until the revelation flows. You got to meditate until the revelation flows. You don't get revelation here. You hear revelation, but you get the revelation when you meditate on the word of God. I know y'all already knew this, but I got to bring it back up to the forefront of our minds here. Okay? 2 Peter 1.19, the CEV says, all of this, Peter mentioned about how they saw Jesus Christ on, on, the, uh, on the Mount of Transfiguration. They saw him in all his glory. He says, all of this makes us even more certain that what the prophets said is true. So you should pay close attention to their message. So this week, pay Close attention to the prophet's messages. As you would to a lamp shining in some dark place. In other words, if you were in, y'all remember when uh, uh, 2017, when Hurricane Armour came through here, September 11th, I think it hit, whatever. And all the lights were off. Well, I didn't say all, because some of y'all had lights. I don't know what y'all did. But most of us had no lights around here. I mean, no street lights, 
no nothing, no house lights. And if you happen to look off the distance and see a light somewhere, you want to follow that light and want to see what's up, what's up that light. You were you using your cell phone until it died, just right. So he says, the light you got when you see light, focus on it as if it were a lamp shining in a dark place. Everything else becomes dark to you. The paper become, newspaper becomes dark. CNN becomes dark. Everything else from this world's wisdom becomes dark to you because I'm so focused on the light of God's word. All the WebMD becomes dark because I'm focused on God's word. Glory to God. There's all kind of stuff they have to say out there about how we, things go. You got to get focused on the word of God. He says, if you do this long enough, he says, watch this, you must keep on paying attention to that light until daylight comes and the morning star arises in your hearts. That means something is going to come into your heart. You're gonna, it's going to be that, my God. my God. I got it. That doesn't happen on Sunday morning. Doesn't happen on Wednesday night. It might happen to you at 6 a.m. on a Tuesday. Two o'clock in the morning on Thursday. 3.17 p.m. on a Friday. You might be sitting at work. But because you've been meditating, because you know you can meditate on the word at work. Yeah, you can. No, you can't. Yes, you, yes, you can. You meditate on your bills at work. So why not meditate on the word of God at work? And you'll be sitting at work and all of a sudden here comes that light. Write this down. Stay with the word until understanding comes to you. Stay with the word until understanding comes to you. I see sleep coming on in here. Fight him off. Don't sleep. Just give me about 10 minutes. No, I'm about to close. Here's what I, when I learned the scripture a few years ago, Lord, this has blessed me because I understood something happening, was happening to me. In Proverbs 2, verse 10, it says, when wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul. So I, I all of a sudden understood, Lord, that at some point wisdom enters my heart. So I stay with the word long enough until wisdom enters my heart. Glory to God. And when wisdom enters your heart, wisdom is the principal thing. That's me moonwalking right there. Your principal problem is not lack of money. It's lack of wisdom. Lord, I need more money. That's not your problem. It's wisdom. Your principal problem is not uh, your spouse or your child. It's wisdom. It's not um, the, the, the condition that's passed on from my mom and my granddad and all those people. It's not that hereditary condition. My principal problem is lack of wisdom. 
Because when the wisdom of God comes in, into my heart and knowledge is present to my soul, it says discretion will preserve me. Give, give me the next verse, verse 11. Discretion will preserve me and understanding will keep me. Discretion now comes from wisdom. I can discern what to do now. When wisdom comes, I know what to do now. I know which thing to buy and which thing not to buy. I know where to go and where not to go. I know what to do and what not to do because now I have wisdom in my heart. So money is not what you need. Wisdom is what you need. I'm just giving example. Brother Chris testified about getting get the van. He was thinking about money he needed. You know what he got? Wisdom. Well, how do you know he got wisdom? He kept saying something said. It wasn't something. It was someone. Y'all scared. It was someone who said, go on there and look right now. And when he told me the full story before, when he put it down and said, no, I don't know, some, someone said, go back and look at it again. What happened? Wisdom entered his heart. That's exactly how it worked for you. Last piece. What was number one? Number two. Number three. I'm like Big Willie. <laughs> Apply immediately. Apply immediately. What I say? Apply immediately. Once you get understanding, once the light comes, apply immediately. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This is how Pastor Kim and I have operated. We have skipped two and go on to three and come back to two. That's why we've progressed so quickly. Because for us, the moment we heard it, we trusted the man of God, we just did it. We got understanding later. But that's just us. That's just us. That's just why God has miraculously, wondrously blessed us in the way he has because we just said, okay, I trust the man of God. I trust God. I trust his word. If this is what they say, how, how you do it, I'm just going to do it. And as I do it, we gain understanding. But if you're not at the faith point where you can just do it right away, then go through number two, get understanding. But please, once you get understanding, don't keep pushing it off right now. Start doing exactly what you got. Because just in the natural, naturally speaking, it, it's said by, by those in, who understand brain science that whatever you don't apply right away, whatever you don't apply within 24 hours, you lose it. If you learn something and don't apply within, within 24 hours, this natural brain science says you will lose it within, uh, you'll lose it right away if you don't apply it within 24 hours. Yeah, exactly. That's why you get homework. That's why the kids have to do things over and over and over again that day so that you retain it. So when it comes to the things of God, I've got to, once I get a revelation, I've got to apply it right away. James 1, 22. I got two verses here and then we can 
we can, we can get it. James 1, 22 through 25. Glory to God. What, what does it say? I want y'all to read this with me. Ready? Read. But be doers and not read it again. And not one more time for the Holy Ghost. Read it. Yeah, thank you. I want y'all to read that last part there. So it's possible to deceive yourself. How? By being a hearer only. So a hearer only thinks he got it. But he don't got it. A hearer only thinks he knows it. But he don't even really know it. Because if the hearer didn't become a doer, if a hearer didn't apply it, then he forgets what he, what he learned. Now he don't even know it anymore. He got to go back to the very beginning. It got flushed in your brain. So, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Keep going, please, verse 23. 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a what? He is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. How many of y'all observe your face this morning in the mirror? All right. Hopefully everybody did. If you didn't, you should have. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. This is good right here. This is good. What's your name? What's your... Cecilia? Cecilia. Cecilia. Watch this, Cecilia. This is for you. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. He observe himself. He saw something. When you're looking in this book, you, you see something. I'm losing all my stuff, ain't I? He observes himself, but notice what it says. He goes away. Other words, he observed himself and didn't make the adjustments right away. It says he goes away. And when he goes away, he immediately forgets what he saw. I know it's probably not happening to any of y'all, but you probably, it's happened to me. I've been in the mirror and I saw something. I said, I need to go fix that. And then I walked away and got involved and started doing something else. Then I ran out of the house and my wife said, what did you, what did you, oh, I saw that. I forgot to take it oh. The same thing happens in the spirit. If I don't immediately apply what I learned, I go away from it, it says I will immediately forget. I will lose it right away. Some, it might have taken me two years to get the, my God, but if I don't do anything with the, my God, I will lose it right away. Y'all can catch that. It might take me six months to get a revelation on something. But if I don't apply it right away, D, I'll forget it right away. Now I got to go all the way back to the beginning. Did y'all see that? If y'all understand it, check Sister Cecilia. She'll explain to you what I just said. Verse 25. 25. But he who looks at the perfect law of liberty, that's the Bible, and do, does what? Continues. Continues in it and is not a what? But a what? Doer of the what? Work. Work. 
So you heard the word, but you have to do the work. The word will work if you work it. And most folk aren't getting results because they're not working the word that they heard. So don't be a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word. If you do that, guess what's going to happen to you? This one will be blessed in what he does. How many of y'all want to be blessed in everything you do? So tell your neighbor, apply immediately. Philippians 4, 8, and 9, last one. Philippians 4, 8, and 9. Something wrong. I'm going to keep preaching. Straighten me out. Philippians 4, 8, and 9. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, either get Brother James come read this one day. Whatever things are pure. Whatever things are lovely. Whatever things are of good report. If there's any virtue, virtue means power. That is the Greek word dunamis. And if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. These things. Well, he just told us things that are true, things that are noble, things that are lovely, things that are just, things that are pure, things that are of good report, so on and so forth. Meditate on these things, but there are some more things coming. Look at verse 9. Now, do you trust your speaker? Do you honor your speaker? Do you acknowledge your speaker? All right. So watch this. The things... These are the things you're meditating on. You've been taught noble things, lovely things, pure things, honest things. You've been taught things of good report. These are the things which you learn. You didn't know them. You couldn't meditate them unless somebody taught them to you. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God, right? The preach word of God. So the things which you learned, that word learn, you look it up, it means to learn by practice. It's to learn actually by doing. That's what I'm telling you. That's why what God just, just accelerated my wife and me because we didn't wait till we understood before we did. We understood as we did. And some of y'all still waiting to do stuff and you just, you just, it's, it's left you. It ain't going to leave, it's left. Because we are read, if you don't do it immediately, you'll forget it immediately. The thing which you learn and received, that were received literally means by impartation. So there are things that I have or others have, and I know this week uh, our apostle will impart to us. An impartation deed is not, you, you don't learn it. You just receive it. It's just something just come on you, just bam. There it is. He said, and heard. Y'all understand? I don't explain heard, do I? You heard it. And saw. I don't got to explain that, do I? Well, let me explain. That word saw literally means uh, to observe or to notice. Now watch this, D. He says, in me. That's why I ask you, do you trust, acknowledge, and honor the people who are speaking to you? Because if you do, then he says, you're supposed to be watching them. Y'all ain't saying much. Listening to them, 
receiving from them, learning from them, hearing them, and the things that you see in them, he says, do. That means copycat. Let me just talk to y'all over here. Copycat. Well, I'm still learning, still thinking about it. Just copycat. He said, if there's going to be any virtue and praise, you start copycatting. I knew they were going to get real quiet on this side. I need y'all to be a little loud on this side here. If you want virtue and praise, things praiseworthy in your life, I don't understand it yet. Copycat. You'll understand it as you go. When, when a coach gets in front of you, a coach going to demonstrate to you what to do. Just copy. If you copy by faith, you'll get the same results. It's a system. It's a process. Ain't no magic to it. Ain't a real miracle behind it. It's, just, it's a process by, by God. He says, and what will happen? The God of peace will be with you. Number one. So this week, we're going to have night services. Sleep is going to be here at 7. I'm going to ask the ushers, if you can identify sleep, don't let sleep in the door. But since sleep is in the spirit realm, sleep going to get in here. And sleep going to be hovering in the room, trying to find somebody who needs a breakthrough. Who needs a deliverance. Who needs to be healed? Who needs to get out of debt? Who needs to get out of lack? Who needs it? And he's gonna say, I got you, I'm coming after you. But you have to position yourself, be attentive. That's number two. Understanding. That means between services, and as you keep going, go back over it. Don't just leave it on the shelf sitting somewhere. Get this word. Go over it. Meditate. 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 Chew it. Chew it. Chew it. Until you get the juice out of it. Like I used to do with a chicken bone. I used to, I used to tear chicken bone up. I know all y'all rich now, but y'all, y'all, some of y'all remember about it, used to tear chicken bone up. Somehow you was able to crack through the middle of that chicken bone. And there's some marrow in there. The thing seasoned right? That's what you do with the word of God. You got to chew it, chew it, chew it until you get everything out of it. Till, oh, you're like, ooh. Till your eyes roll in the back of your head. Oh, my God. Till you say, I got it. And number three, apply immediately. Apply immediately. When you get it, apply immediately. Again, my wife and I, we skipped two, went to three, and worked on number two as we went. We, our mode was, if it's in the word, that's it, period. I'll get it later. I'm going to apply immediately. And when we did that, that's when just God just began to skyrocket us, and our, the understanding came quicker, too. Everybody understands when they do something. And so that's it. Apply immediately. Hallelujah. Y'all receive that. Yes, sir.
Now, I'm going to give you a bonus one. This is not number part of the three, but this is a bonus. This is a bonus. I want you to remember that this week. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. You want to know the number, uh, well, the bonus point? Is seal it. Seal it. S-E-A-L it. Seal it. What do you mean seal it? You seal it with a seed, with an offering. It's, it's, you know, I've come to understand this, and I, I tried to fight it for years, but I understand the kingdom of God is a seed kingdom, and you cannot get around the seed. Because your heart is tied to your seed. Your heart is tied to your money. Matthew 6, 21, Jesus said, wherever your treasure is, there will your heart be also. New Living says this. New Living Translation says this. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. So when Apostle comes this week and gives us a word, and he's going, I know he's going to release a prophetic word in this house. I know he is. I know, he, I know what God's going to bring through him. I don't know what he's going to preach, but I know it's going to be something. If you want that word to come to pass, you seal it with a seed. Because what it does, your seed connects you to that word. You, wherever your treasure is, where you put your treasure, your money, then your heart will be there. So when you put your treasure behind that word, then your heart will be attached to it. And you won't get here three weeks from now and forget, oh, I wonder what that was. No, no, I got a seed on that. It's, it's a crazy person who will bury money in the backyard and forget it. I don't care if the house about to burn down. You remember where you got that can, that coffee can with that money in it in the back closet, back behind everything? I'm telling on somebody. What that can is with that money in it? You, you remember where that can is? That's marked on your heart where that treasure is. So that's how you do it. Galatians 6, 6 says, let him that is taught in the word communicate with the one who teaches him in all good things. New Living says provide for, but the King James, New King James, uh, New, King, New King James says, that it was taught in the word, um, share in all things. King James says communicate. That word there says share. Why? It's the Greek word koinonia, which literally means to share, to become a partaker, or to partner with. So when you hear the word this week, your seed partners you with that word. Not just the man, it partners you with that word. So that word now, you partake of the word even before it's fulfilled and manifested in your life. That word now becomes a part of who you are. You got it? All right. Last thing on that. This is your bonus point. Genesis 15, 8 and 9. I'm not going to read it, but God was giving Abraham a word about his future, prophetic word. Abraham responds to God and says, God, how shall I know? How can I be sure of this? And God said, bring me an offering. He said, bring me an offering. Bring me a seed. And that seed sealed the word in his life, and Abraham did not waver from that point on. That's after Hagar. He did not waver from that point on. Because once you put a seed on it, it's done. So 
when the apostle comes, if I have to go sell something, I'm going to just say that. I'm going to just say that. I'm going to just say that. Because Apostle can't really do nothing with people bringing Bibles and watches and cell phones and, and guitars. and like He can't do nothing with that. All that stuff gets left here because he's flying. So what I would do, since you know he's coming, go sell it. If, it, if, it, if, you, you know, if it's valuable or invaluable, whatever, sell it. Bring the seed. All they're going to give me is $2. That's your seed. That's, if it's $2, that's your seed. Don't look at how much it is. Look at what it's doing. It's, it's, it's locking that word in your spirit. Get over your foolish pride about that ain't enough seed. You can't impress God anyhow. You can't impress God who owns everything. Stop trying to impress God and depressing yourself at the same time. I can't sow like I want to sow. Yes, you can. Start right where you are. I encourage you when you get an opportunity at home, read 2 Kings 4 about that Shunammite woman who recognized that a prophet was coming her way. And she said, the Bible says, often as he came by her way, she compelled him to eat bread. In other words, she recognized the, the, the man who is coming. And I want you this week to recognize whom God is sending an apostle and prophet to the nations that he's sending to St. Petersburg, Florida to us for us. And I told you, we're going we gonna to leave, he's going to leave here empty. He ain't going to leave here carrying no revelation back to Frankfurt. We're going we gonna to milk him dry. I want everything. And when I hear it, I'm going, I'm going to be attentive. Number two, I'm going to get understanding. Number three, apply immediately. And number four, now that was a bonus. That was a bonus number four. You don't have to do number four. You don't have to. You don't have to do number three. You don't have to do number two. You don't have to do number one. You can just let life keep going the way it is. But that's for me in my house. That's what we're going to do. Did you learn anything this, this afternoon? Wow. Y'all better hurry up and get up quick. I think the coach is almost out of church. Y'all better hurry up. Y'all better get up. Stand up. Stand up. Hurry up. You know, once the coaches get out and all the Pentecostals get out, they're going to eat all the chicken. I'm messing with the coaches. I used to be a coach. I'm still a coach on the inside. G. Patterson's still my favorite singer. That's Gilbert Earl Patterson. <laughs> Praise God. I've been listening to a little Charles Blake, too. It's a little different. He's kind of proper. Praise the Lord. This is how you do it. My earnest desire is everyone in this church manifests everything that comes out of the word of God. Get the most out of it. I'm looking for you to be a hundredfold. I'm looking for me, my wife, my family to be a hundredfold. 
I don't tell you anything that we don't do ourselves, haven't done and don't continue to do ourselves. And this is why. This, we're, not, we're not special to God in the sense of we're different than you. You understand that? I'm, we're special because we're different in the world. God has set us apart. I'm talking about, but God has made it so that everyone in this place, every one of his children can experience the same blessings, favor, increase, peace, all that kind of stuff. No respect to persons. Amen. All right, now, Father, today, thank you so much for all that you have spoken to us. I've done what you've asked, Father, in, in laying the groundwork for this week. We believe this is going to be a week of victory. Your word says this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. I thank you. We thank you together for the ambassador, the man of God that you have raised up for this hour, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher that you've raised up and that God you've chosen for this week to come out of Feast of Tabernacles and enter into the beginning of this next season with our faith being built up that you're sending that man of God to come minister a word to us. And I know, Father, that it is your earnest desire that each and every one of us would receive, would get the most out of your word, that we would not be hearers only, but doers of the word, doers of the work, that the word will work in our lives and bring us uh, the supernatural results that you sent it to produce. Now I pray, Father, that each person who's heard the word today would apply immediately to everything we've learned. That God, we won't, we won't let sleep overcome us anymore. <laughs> we'll give attention to your word. That we'll make sure in all of our getting we get understanding, oh God. That we apply the word of God right away. And God, by faith, we seal the word even whenever you give us a word, fresh raiment from heaven. Now I pray these person today as we do these things that we'll see the fruit in our lives so that you can get the glory. You said, Father, by this you are glorified when we bear much fruit. So let that much fruit be seen in our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give God a grand of praise today for the word. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God.